Everybody in your crew identifies as either Big Mac Burger, McNuggets, or McCrispy Sandwich. But you're the filet fish Sandwich all day. That crispy fish, that savory tartar sauce, that melty cheese, that pillowy bun. Yeah, you get it. Every time. And if you love the filet of fish right now you can catch two of the classics you love for just $6. Limited time only. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Single item at regular price. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Welcome to the Picture Book Look Podcast. I'm Kim Chafee. And I'm Kirsty Call. Together we'll share some of our favorite picture books and chat with their creators to explore the journey from story idea to bookshelf. We'd love you to join us as we take a picture book look. Feeling stuck in your creative journey? Needing to change your narrative? Everything you want is possible. As a therapist-trained life coach for creatives, I'm excited to help authors like you create clarity and build self-confidence so you can achieve your dreams. Kirstie can help you get the drama out of your life and into your art. Visit kirstiencall.com. That's K-I-R-S-T-I-N-E-C-A-L-L.com and register for a free consultation today. Hooray! I can't wait for us to work together to get you where you want to be. Hey, Kim. Hey, Kirsty. Many times what I'm saying seems like poppycock or cod swallop, but sometimes I say things that actually make sense. Yeah, absolutely. You certainly do. But sometimes I do feel a little hornswoggled <laughs> by your shenanigans, <laughs> which actually leads perfectly to today's book, Hornswoggled, written by Josh Crute and illustrated by Jen Harney, is filled with playful language, and it will have you laughing from beginning to end. Absolutely. We are so excited to chat with Josh and Jen about their creative process. Let's talk. What I love about this book is not only that it's hilarious, but it's hilarious and I want to read it again right as I'm finished the book. Like it makes me want to just pick it up and go back to the beginning and read it all over again. And I think even for funny books, that can be hard. So Josh, how did you come up with the idea for this hilarious story? (laughs) Okay, I'll back up. So I used to work in a bookstore in uh, Pasadena called Roman's Bookstore, which is a big, famous independent bookstore over there. And one day, the cool thing about working in a big independent bookstore in Los Angeles is famous writers and illustrators come in all the time. So a particularly famous one came in. I was like nerding out. This is while I was just starting to write picture books for the first time. And so I asked him some advice. And one of his advice was that sometimes he just draws the cover first before he comes up with the book and he'll, oh, he'll, draw, he'll have a cool idea for a cover and they're like well that's that'd be i would love to pick up that book now i just got to write a story that is worthy of that cover <laughs> and so obviously i'm not an illustrator but uh for me it was the title was the first thing that came to me so i was actually watching an interview with mark hamill who plays luke skywalker <laughs> um yes yes and he used the word hornswoggled in this interview oh, and how i funny. knew the word but i had never heard it used just in everyday conversation before. And I was like, that's such a great word. And I was literally just thinking, 
I would love to see that on the spine of a picture book. Totally. You know, I've worked in the bookstore before. You see them, you know, sometimes if you're lucky, you can space them out. But usually there's like a huge bunch of spines. And mm-hmm. and I was like, I would just would love to see the title Hornswoggled Exclamation Point. Totally. What on earth would that be? <laughs> and so that that's where the idea had started is I just had a title and had to figure it out from there, which is unusual. I've never done a book like that before where it was the title first. Very cool. I love Very that. Very cool. So Jen, what made you say yes to working on this project? Honestly, Hornswoggled sucked <laughs> me in. I saw the title. The first art note I read said armadillo. Yeah. Done. If there's an armadillo, <laughs> you want Jen to illustrate your book, just put an armadillo in the art in the art notes. Ooh, and good to I, know. Good to know. Yeah, insider note. Jen, Jen is a sucker for an armadillo. I see armadillo. I'm I'm in. But <laughs> as I read it, my my little pop culture brain started twirling and it was Oh, brother, where art thou? Oh, I love that movie. As I read it, yes. I'm going, I'm going. Oh, I can see this one already. And when I can, when I know what it's going to look like, I I know that's a project I want to be on. If I if I can see the color palette and the characters, and there's an armadillo, I'm done. <laughs> so it, it was not a hard sell for me. Yeah, this, it was fun right off the bat. That's so interesting because so in the original version of the book, it was all all Southern animals. So I, I live in Birmingham, Alabama. <laughs> okay. And, uh, and so initially I know there's now like, uh, what else is in there? There's like bison yep. and, mm-hmm. um, but initially it was going to be much more, much more Southern. So it's going to be like polecat instead of skunk. And it was going to be, nice. there was going to be, uh, like a Florida skunk ape. And <laughs> like, there was, it was, it was all Southern. And actually the original, original draft they said I done been hornswoggled, uh, which okay. I still I still love that. But, done. Um, yeah. Publishers were a little like, oh, no, let's not do that. Let's let's make it more grammatically correct. Um, but uh, yeah, so oh brother art that was definitely in my head when I was writing it, and um, also some friends of mine who I I did my dedication to. That's their sense of humor. And then uh, growing up, I was a weird kid, so I was reading. Uh, the old comic strip Pogo, which oh. is like from the fifties oh, wow. to the seventies. Yep. Mm-hmm. But it's, it's set in the Okefenokee swamp in, I think Southern Georgia and all the animals talk in crazy fun dialect. And it's very similar madcap like energy where everyone's like running around and no one's being rational. And so it's cool yes. that that translated, <laughs> even though a lot of that got cut out. Love all the shenanigans in this book. It's just so fun. It really that, is. It, and even like, I love the, the yellow palette that you chose too, which I assume you got. I'm so glad it was total. Oh brother, where art thou? Is as soon as soon as I read it, I'm like, oh yeah, this one's going to be yellow. I'm like, I know publishers don't always like yellow covers. I, I was hoping I would get away with the yellow color palette because I'm like, it needs it. It really it, it it's perfect. It's oh brother, where art thou? So they were that- so open to anything I wanted to try, which was great too. Well, that's, that's so cool too, because it's interesting to hear that you say that a lot of books aren't yellow. Cause I've noticed that too, where it's, it, it, to me, it really pops. It mm-hmm. stands out. It does. It Marketing doesn't does. like yellow. <laughs> <laughs> Very yellow interesting cheerful. to me. I, I wonder uh-huh. why. I think Marketing it's so doesn't like yellow. These are, mm. these are these little things you learn as you work in publishing. Marketing doesn't like yellow. Interesting. <laughs> I think they might change their mind now. Because, After this book? Yeah. I mean, it totally works. <laughs> So Josh, can you give us a little bit more, you've been kind of touching on the writing process, but 
how do you get that first draft down? Are first drafts hard for you? Sometimes, yeah. I've, I mean, I've had some projects where most of a first draft will just pop out. I usually have the beginning come out pretty quickly, and then it's like where it's easy to make promises. Uh, you know, <laughs> finish. You know, finishing the promises is harder. So this, mm-hmm. I remember writing out like the first. I think the first page or two where so I was like, okay, so Hornswoggle, what on earth would a book called Hornswoggle be about? And so I started thinking about the horn as part of it. And, you know, Hornswoggle means to get tricked. So I was like, well, okay, what if there's like a deer that gets tricked out of his horn? And so he just wakes up and it, it took a weird turn very quickly where like, it's, it's <laughs> honestly like this sort of body horror kind of thing where it's like he wakes up. And instead of an antler, there's a, there's a tennis racket. And I just thought that was so absurd. Um, and then I was like, well, what if he runs and it just becomes a pattern? And uh, this was the book that uh, I've had some other books that were just obviously very good ideas to begin with. It's like, well, this is clearly a good character. This is clearly an idea. This is kind of the book I kept waiting for people to say no to because it was so strange uh, I thought it was funny, but I was like, there's no way other people will like this. And then I showed it to my writer's group and they were like, no, we actually like this. You should keep working on it. And then I showed it to my agent and she was like, yeah, this is good. Let's, let's send it to some publishers. And then I sent it to the publisher and they're like, yeah, let's, let's do it. And I, I couldn't believe it. Like it just, I kept waiting for the red light, <laughs> but so a lot of it was then figuring out, okay, so what, what, what are ways that you could take this idea of like an animal losing their prized possession and getting swapped out with something really silly and then escalating that. So doing it, it was, it was kind of a balance of making sure it wasn't completely absurd, you know, like you could still imagine it being like, you know, donuts instead of glasses. Uh, <laughs> or it's something that could be, you know, what exactly what it is and what got swapped out without having to just say it a bunch of times. And then a lot of uh, figuring out the, the, I really like mysteries. Um, so this was essentially turned into a whodunit and it's like, okay, well, who could possibly, I knew I wanted the Fox to be out Foxed at the end. Cause I was the most obvious of the words. And cause that was the other thing I noticed when I was looking up Hornswoggle, I was like, okay, let me look up some synonyms and stuff for Hornswoggled. And I began to notice all of these other strange sort of like American slang words that had like animals in their roots. Like, I mean, Outfox is one that we all know, but there was other ones like hogwash hogwash and cod swallow and to get buffaloed and to be skunked even was a verb. Yeah. Cod swallop, you know, cod is like a fish. (laughs) So I was like, this is interesting. What if I could just use it? Because I I love words. Like I really like, if, if you couldn't tell from the book, I really like silly words. And I've always just liked the sounds of words and all these words are it's very fun to say. Definitely. So it became then I was like, okay, well, what if there was a, you know, this animal did this and this animal connects with that word. Like originally there was going to be a panda bear that got bamboozled because bamboo. Um, <laughs> so it's just puns like that. And then trying to figure out, okay, well, who is the actual culprit? And that's when I was like, well, what if, because the other tricky thing was how do you get across the definition of these words? you know, read aloud. Right. Um, so like, what if there's an animal who's seems to be like just the helper and then turns out that they're, they've got their own game the whole time. So that's where the armadillo comes in that Jen likes so much. <laughs> <laughs> well, it's just so well-written and it's funny because it's already funny, but then Jen, 
you add so much humor with your art. It's all about you, you have these expressions <laughs> on their faces <laughs> when they learn they've been hornswoggled or buffaloed or handed a load of cod swallop. They their faces are just <laughs> perfect. A book isn't finished to me until somebody has their head thrown back in a Muppet scream. Uh, A book isn't done until there's at least one head thrown back in a Muppet scream. Okay, I'm going to go back and read all your books now. I love it. Yep, every one of them, yes. Every one of them. It's not done until somebody's doing the Jim Henson Muppet scream, so. I love that so much. I love it. I love it so much. share a little bit more about your illustration process for this particular story? This one was so easy for me because it was there. It was there. It, it drew itself basically. Once, once I figured out what it was going to look like and the animals were there. So it just kind of drew itself. I had to do a little research into like 1930s fashion and stuff like that because I wanted that in there. Hardest thing for me was trying to figure out how to get a fish into a bathing suit. Yes. And a snake <laughs> into a three-piece suit. That was, those were the big that issues is hard. for me. Was how do you get a fish into a bathing suit? Because every other animal had clothing on. I can't have a nudist fish. No. So <laughs> she she had to be in a bathing suit. That was the, that was the toughest the toughest problem was how does a fish go into the bathing suit? But um, a lot of the problem, not even problem, but the, the thing was there was so much action to the setup. There was a lot of, um, they had to see this, then they had to see this and then the reaction. So right. we had to, I had yes. to figure out a way to do the, well, we have to see this part. We have to see this part and we have to see this part. And I've got one page. To show that that's where the yeah. insets came along because <laughs> you, you really needed the setup, the setup, the reveal. Yeah. So there was that that was trying to figure that out. And that was made it really nice in the beginning because you had that pattern that you could follow. So you had panel, panel, reveal, panel, panel, reveal. And then you could do that at the end, too. So you had your whole rule of threes and stuff going on there. As I talk with my hands in front of the camera, got to remember <laughs> to keep those down. But um, that's OK. That's just audio. No one can yes. see you. Even better well, as I block. We can, but. <laughs> yes. But no, I mean, I start out my sketches are really rough. You guys can see this. I start on an envelope. This is how rough we go with, with our sketches and nobody sees these, but me, but then it's just tightening from there and we just keep refining and refining and refining. But this one really not, they don't all do this, but this one really drew itself. Once, once I got into it, it, it really drew itself. It was, it was all there. And that's, that's such a joy to work on something that draws itself and just lets me go nuts with, with the fun part. I, I just thoroughly enjoyed it. It was, it was a joy to work on. If I could ask a follow-up question. Um, <laughs> what, yeah. One, uh, I, I totally agree that one thing I really, that drew me to your art initially was that it's very dynamic. Like it really moves. Like there's a feeling of action to it, but also uh, and this, out of this, there may not even be an answer to this question, but kind of back going back to what uh, Kirsten was saying, but like, so a lot of people can't draw funny. <laughs> That's like hard. It's like a very specific, like there's a lot of people who can do like fun stuff or silly stuff, but like 
there's not a whole lot of illustrators or cartoonists who can like draw images that are funny on their own. Like that's one thing I love about like Hark of Vagrant, like the comic, the web comic is like, yes, Kate, Kate Beaton's illustrations are funny, not just the, the ideas. Like what, I don't know. Is there any, is there any art or craft to that? I, I don't know how to draw any other way. That this is just, I started out as a caricature artist at amusement parks and stuff. I've always been a cartoonist. I've always been Bill Watterson. Oh yeah. Um, Pogo stuff. Uh, those, those are my favorites. So I had an art director one an art sorry an art teacher tell me one time always make sure your pe- your characters own the space that they're in and have weight so that's always I always want them to take up the space and to have a reason for being there but I also like movement there's nothing worse than looking at a book that everything's just dead on the page just mm-hmm. sitting there so I want them I appreciate you guys thinking it's funny because it's just me drawing. To me, it's, it's oh. to me, it's not funny. It's just me drawing. It's so, so that's, and we need laughter so right bizarre. now. We need to laugh. So this is just, mm-hmm. I think, such an important book just because we need to laugh more in our lives. Gotta say, not easy to draw funny. Yeah, and draw funny books right now. It's 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 yeah. been a, it's been a, it's been tough to get through. Um, to get through all of this and still still keep a sense of humor, so yeah. it, it's been. But I, I, I'm glad it comes through. That's basically. Yeah. Uh, there, there's no magic key for drawing funny. It's just how I draw. So I've heard a lot of <laughs> well, comedians I guess... start that way too, where they were like trying to be serious and people keep laughing. So they're like, "Well, I guess maybe I'm a comedian." <laughs> <laughs> Pretty much. Yeah. Do either of you have like a favorite spread or a favorite character in this book? Oh, that's. A good I question. like the stink bug. The stink bug is my favorite. She my cracks goodness. me up. Yes. I, I've I noticed. Do. Okay. So she gets a little, like she's little, right? So yes. at first she her. was hard to see. I love she's going back and seeing all of these. Yeah. The, I mean, the page where uh, the, sk- the skunk gets skunked in particular makes me laugh where the bug is just like. <gasps> <you know? laughs> she's my favorite. I, I um, love her little outfit. Cracks me up and her little high heeled feet. Oh my goodness! Yeah, I mean, so fun. Yeah. My 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 favorite character might be the skunk uh, Pierre Muffet, uh, Muffet, uh, which is just French for skunk. <laughs> um, I I to me it was just funny. This, this was like straight out of Pogo, where there'll be like a thing where you know this whole big chaos is happening, and then suddenly this character will appear out of nowhere, and they're all like, "Look, it's yep. blah blah blah, the mayor of blah blah blah," you know, and, and that's why I was like, "What if you know we we have all these characters who are just you know a deer named deer." you know, a, a, a horse named horse. What if there's like this, I mean, he's an obvious like Poirot sort of. He was supposed to be dressed in an Interpol outfit too. They, yes. they, <laughs> they changed that on me. They went, they went uh, Sherlock Holmes, but not yeah. that I'm mm-hmm. saying, but he had a total Inspector Clouseau vibe going oh, on. Oh yeah. yeah. So awesome. fun. <laughs> so, so it, fun. it just That's... amused yeah, it amused me to have a character who was very important show up and then he immediately gets <laughs> undercut as well. Yes. So if we were to ever do a sequel, like a spiritual sequel to this book, I think he'd be the one character you bring back to <laughs> not solve another Is case. This, are we foreshadowing here? Is this little There is nothing in the works, but I have an idea. I know what it would be. Ooh, uh, fantastic. But, I'm in. Yeah. Yeah, I, don't know. I would love to read that. Yay. 
Oh, that just made my day. I love that. Um, I have to say, I think the mayor might be my favorite. I just, I love how, you know, together he seems at first. And then of course, when his speech isn't his speech, he he throws his head back. Yes. Which Jen did did some really funny stuff there too, where you can actually read like some of his speech, which is just like pause for applause kind of stuff. Oh, and I just love, I love that it's toilet paper, that it gets replaced with toilet paper. Like what could be funnier than that? Like nothing. Right. Nothing. Nothing's funnier than toilet paper. Toilet paper, underwear. There's nothing funnier. Yeah. I mean. I was going to say, I mean, this is a book that's ostensibly trying to teach kids fun words. So there's like an educational component to it, but like. I wanted it to be just as like actually fun and funny as possible. Cause there's a lot of books out there for kids to like teach them things that are just really boring. Well, and it makes sense <laughs> too because the words are so much fun. And the meaning of the words are so fun. You know, the book kind of embodies the meaning of the words in such a beautiful way. Yeah. And even and throws other words say. like skedaddle and things like that, yes. which is once again, that's sort of the Southernness coming through there. But uh, <laughs> yeah, there's things like that, that hopefully it's just, it just kind of is fun in the mouth. As yes. you're saying it too. Definitely. And when books are hilarious to read, kids are learning and they don't even realize it. And that's the best part. Yeah, no, that's that's Pretty. my ultimate goal is if I can just make a bunch of kids run around their houses yelling out, I've been hornswoggled. That's, <laughs> that's the goal. Mm-hmm. Yes. You're not only making the kids happy, but that just makes the adults laugh too. Of course. I love yeah. a good book that is fun for adults and for kids. And fake yeah. swear words. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> I like the fake swear words. Yes. yes. They can replace them, right? Mm-hmm. My wife works in the medical field and she trained herself to say shenanigans instead of uh, other words. And it actually, See, now that's what I need to do. It even like improved, she said it improved her outlook and her mood. Like she was much more empathetic when she was able to use silly words. My honestly. grandmother's word was plunger. <laughs> she she, t- she told my aunt that she could say any bad words she wanted, but if she ever heard the word plunger come out of her mouth, she was in real trouble. Oh, so wow. you had a six-year-old running around the neighborhood saying plunger all the time. <laughs> oh, so, my goodness. Yeah. I love That's it. That's hilarious. So, plunger is a funny word to say, too, though. So, you know, we have one last question. Jen, we'll start with you. When okay. someone reads Hornswoggled. What do you hope they feel or learn? I just hope they have fun. They, there's so much not fun out there that I just hope they have fun. I hope they find a favorite character. I hope they want to turn the book back over and start again. That's ultimately what you always want. You want the beat up book in the library to have your name on it. So yes. I hope this is the beat up book in the library. I'm sure it will be. What about you, Josh? What do you hope people uh, feel or learn? Say better. I mean, yeah, I, I really hope children have fun. I hope parents have fun or librarians who are, you know, reading it because uh, I've done some story times myself before at bookstores and nothing worse than bombing in front of a bunch of kids. <laughs> <laughs> um, oh, no, yeah. So I hope and you mentioned Bill Watterson earlier. He, there's a joke in Calvin Hobbes where Calvin always wants to hear Hamster Huey and the gooey kablooey. He's like, I've heard that book a million times. So hopefully it's a book that's like not too, that's actually fun to read over and over again. I do hope that like kids learn, you know, just some cool more words for vocabulary. And also just that words are, are fun and, uh, and, and really cool. Cause I mean that I read a lot of books when I was a kid that 
influenced this in obviously a little bit older, but like the Phantom Tollbooth is one of my favorite books. And that's such all a good about one. Just the wonder of, you know, there's words that grow on trees and the taste in the mouth and there's stuff like that. Yeah. And then I hope that this feel like Jen was saying, like, like fun. Like when I, when I read the Pogo stuff or Calvin and Hobbes growing up, it's just a lot. I just have a lot of good memories of being in the library reading that stuff. Cause it was just a lot of fun. And that's what I hope. A big thank you to Josh and Jen for joining us today and giving us a look into the creative process for Hornswoggled. Check out the show notes to learn more about Josh and Jen and their other fabulous work. And don't forget to follow the podcast so you won't miss an episode. We would love it if you would leave a review. Thanks for listening and happy Happy looking. looking. Picture Book Look is produced by Kirstie Call and Kim Chafee. Music by James Call.